Hi, my name is Jenny and welcome to Shelf Awareness, which is my podcast where I talk about books, which I love. Um, this is my second episode of my podcast and the first that I'm doing by myself. I've never sat and talked to myself for some time, so here I am. Um, the reason why I wanted to create a podcast was because the other night, uh, four pints deep after I'd been at the pub with my girlfriend I decided that I wanted to read all six Booker Prize books before the winner was announced so if you don't know the Booker Prize is one of the biggest book awards in the world and it's an international award and um, they announced the the shortlist a few days ago they announced the winner in November so it was basically nine weeks until they announced the winner and I was like okay usually I hate Booker books but what about if I force myself to read them all document it as I go along discuss them all in episodes and then eventually like make my predictions for what I think is going to win the Booker Prize so that's exciting today I haven't started reading any of the books I know nothing about all of the books that is what today is for to familiarize myself with the six shortlist books base give some predictions about what I think I'm going to like about them what I think I'm not going to like about them and then um, we will see as I read them so let's just get into it with the first one the first one is The Promise by Damon Galgut or Galgut um and here is, is what it's all about. So it says the, the promise charts the crash and burn of a white South African family living on a farm outside Pretoria. The Swartz are gathering for Ma's funeral. The younger generation, Anton and Amor, detest everything the family stand for, not least the failed promise to the black woman who has worked for them her whole life. After years of service, Salome was promised her own house, her own land. Yet somehow, as each decade passes, that promise remains unfulfilled. So I think this sounds amazing. It sounds like South Africa is actually a country I haven't read a lot of literature from. I don't fully understand the issues, but I know that there are um, contentions between white and black people. Um, and I know it's a, quite an unsafe place for women as well. Um, so Dave, Damon, it seems, was born in Pretoria. Um, so it's kind of an own voices type thing, perhaps. Um, and yeah, it sounds amazing. It sounds like we'll learn about the race issues in in South Africa. I suppose a slight concern is that I, I don't know if it will be a first person perspective of the black woman, but I'm not sure how I sit with a white man writing a black woman's perspective or even even if it is third person, not really if, yeah, I'm not really sure how I feel about a black uh, white woman, a white man, sorry. <laughs> A white man um, kind of talking through the issues of a black woman. But we shall see. Um, the rating on Goodread is 4.12 with over a thousand ratings. So that's that's quite good. Obviously, it will have been a lot more recently um, since it's been announced on the shortlist and the long list. But I love family sagas. I love generational sagas. I love um, race topics about race. So... I think I'm going to like this one. I'm going to say I'm going to give this one a four or five stars, but we'll see. Okay, the next one is A Passage North by Anouk Arud Pragasam. 
I hope that's okay. And it's about a young man's journey into Sri Lanka's war-torn north in the searing novel of longing, loss, and the legacy of war. Um, it begins with a message from out of the blue, a telephone call informing Krishan that his grandmother's caretaker, Rani, has died under unexpected circumstances, found at the bottom of a well in her village in the north, her neck broken by the fall. The news arrives on the heels of an email from Anjum, an impassioned yet aloof activist Krishnan fell in love with years before while living in Delhi, stirring old memories and desires from a world he left behind. As Krishan makes the long journey by train from Colombo in the war-torn northern province for Rani's funeral, so begins an astonishing, astonishing passage into the innermost reaches of a country. So it looks like, well, it's set in Sri Lanka, not sure again if I've ever read a book set in Sri Lanka. Never been to Sri Lanka either. It's a country that I'd love to visit. Um, but this sounds good. It sounds like a bit of a love story, which I'm not massively into. Um, I do like views into war, but I'm not. I'm not a massive war fan either. Um, I am reading Catch Twenty Two at the moment, which I didn't realise would be so focused on war. Um, have you ever read Catch-22? It's a very long book. It's longer than I expected, like 470 pages, basically about war. It's a, it's a satire war. But anyway, this one. So it looks like we're going to learn about Sri Lanka war. Um, so yeah, Sri Lanka's 30-year civil war, apologies, which because of uh, Britain's terrible education system and because of my negligence, I, again, know nothing about. So... I think I will actually like the insight into that. Um, I like books set in Asia. I love Asian kind of perspectives, having lived in Asia for over a year. Um, and like I say, I've never read this a Sri Lankan perspective. So hopefully this one will be a good one. I think I'm gonna like this one. Depends on how the love is portrayed though, but we'll see. We will see. So it has a rating of 3.78 on Goodreads. So a bit less than The Promise. Uh, with 800 ratings. So we will see. We will see with that one. Okay, the next one is No One Is Talking About This by Patricia Lockwood. This says it is an urgent genre-defying book. Um, and as it opens, a woman who has recently been elevated to prominence for her social media posts travels around the world to meet her adoring fans. She is overwhelmed by navigating the new language an etiquette of what she terms the portal, where she grapples with an unshakable conviction that a vast chorus of voices is now dictating her thoughts. When existential threats from climate change and economic precariousness to the rise of an unnamed dictator and an epidemic of loneliness begin to loom, she posts her way deeper into the portal's void. An avalanche of images, details and reference, references accumulate to form a landscape that is post-sense, post-irony, post-everything. I think that's all we need to hear from this one. Um, this is only 200 pages long, so it's very short, but it seems quite divisive. It's 3.69 on Goodreads. I've seen this a lot on Bookscram. A lot of people have posted about this. Um, but I don't remember seeing if they're negative or positive reviews, but I will from now on. And it does have 12,000 ratings. This is definitely one of the ones that's more visible out of the six, I would say. Um, it sounds interesting as when it started, I was like, oh, okay, I like existential, I like existential threats. Whenever there's existential in the in the copy, I'm I'm there. But 
anything that used post sense, post irony and post everything. I'm not sure. Sounds like it's going to be a satire on contemporary life. Like it sounds like it's going to take the piss out of social media and all of that, which I think I will like, but it depends how it's done. And this is my problem in the past with Booker books is that they're, they're almost too intelligent for me. Like some of the writing I just don't understand or it doesn't make sense and they use very experimental language often in Booker. Maybe it's different this year though, who knows? Um, but this one definitely sounds interesting. And as I say, only 200 pages, so it could be, could be really short. Sounds like it's going to be quite witty and, witty and open, but we'll see. Okay, the next one. We're already on the fourth one. The next one is The Fortune Men by Nadifa Mohammed. And it says it's the story of a murder, a miscarriage of justice, justice and a man too innocent for his times. So Mahmoud Matan is a fixture in Cardiff's Tiger Bay in 1952, which bustles with Somali and West Indian sailors, Maltese businessmen and Jewish families. He's a father, chancer, petty criminal, smooth talker with a rakish charm and an eye for a good game. He is many things, but he is not a murderer. So when a shopkeeper is brutally killed and all, all eyes fall on him, Mahmoud isn't too worried. Since his Welsh wife, Laura, kicked him out for raking up debts, he was wondered... He has wandered the streets more often, and there are witnesses who allegedly saw him enter the shop that night. But Mahmoud has escaped worse scrapes, and he is innocent in this country where justice is served. Okay, this one sounds interesting. Um, Nadifa was born in Hargeisa, which is the Republic of Somaliland, um, but has moved to England in 1986. So she's she's been in England for quite a while so it looks like it's going to be a bit of a mixture between uh well a lot of cultures as it says in the first little bit um from first glances it doesn't sound like it's up my street um I don't really like crime novels but I do like well-developed characters and I like complex characters and he sounds like he could be Quite a, quite a complex character. There's a bit of historical fiction in there because it's set in 1952. Um, and I quite like books set around that time, you know, post-war and the struggles of post-war. Um, so yeah, let's see. The Goodreads rating is 3.86. So basically the same as, yeah, just, just below the A Passage North, the second one that we that we read and it has about 300 ratings so definitely more of an invisible novel I think that's the low that, that is the lowest ratings um yet so not many people have necessarily read this and, and good reads about it anyway um I reckon I'm gonna give this a three I don't think I'm gonna go any higher for that one but we will see I realize I forgot that for the last couple as well so I thought I would give the promise four or five Passage North, I reckon four or five. No one is talking about this. Probably a two or a three if I don't understand the writing and a four or a five if I do. The Fortune Men, I'm giving it a solid three from, from the blur, but we'll see. So that's the first four. The next one is Be Bewilderment by Richard Powers. And Richard Powers wrote Overstory which I started, it won the Pulitzer, it won, it won the Pulitzer Prize, Pulitzer Prize, sorry. Um, and I started it and I remember it's quite a big book, I think. And I got 50 to 60 pages into it. And 
I was like, I don't know if I can continue with this. So I didn't. Um, I think the cover was all trees and the image that I have of it in my head is that it was just very eerie fairy language talking about nature and trees. And to be honest, like I don't particularly like reading about nature. Um, I'm not really sure why, I just don't. Um, so I don't have a good impression of Richard Powers, the author of this, this fifth Booker Prize uh, shortlister. So we will see. But anyway, the book is about the astrobiologist Theo Byrne searches for life through the, throughout the cosmos while single-handedly raising his unusual nine-year-old Robin following the death of his wife. That's quite stereotypical, isn't it? Robin is a warm, kind boy who spends hours painting elaborate pictures of endangered animals. He's also about to be expelled from third grade for smashing his friend in the face. Well, that's an, an unexpected sentence. As his son grows more troubled, Theo hopes to keep him off psychoactive drugs. He learns of an experimental neurofeedback treatment to bolster Robin, Robin's emotional control, one that involves training the boy on the recorded patterns of his mother's brain. With its soaring descriptions of the natural world, its tantalizing vision of life beyond, and its account of a father and son's ferocious love, bewilderment marks Richard Power's most intimate and moving novel. At its heart lies the question, how can we tell our children the truth about this beautiful, imperiled planet? It's sitting at 288 pages, and I'm not sure how I feel about this based on the description. I literally said I don't like nature novels and then it's like soaring descriptions of the natural world. So we'll see about that. If it's full of them, just descriptions, descriptions, then I don't think I'm gonna like this. But it sounds like it's an, an, an interesting kind of premise, plot. Um, it's not like anything really that I've read before. I think books that are based on like, you know, yeah, kind of sci-fi type experiments like use the recorded patterns of his mother's brain in this book that can either go really well or really badly in my opinion. Um, it does have 4.3 on Goodreads with only 249 ratings so again really low lower than the last one um, which is surprising considering he has like two and a half thousand followers the author has two and a half thousand followers um, on Goodreads so not very hyped for being a Pulitzer Prize winning novel until the Booker announcement. I don't think I'm gonna like this one, to be honest. <laughs> so I think I'm gonna give it a three. We'll see if it's if it even hits the three mark. Um, okay, and the last one is The Great Circle by Maggie Shipstead. This is a spanning prohibition era Montana, the Pacific Northwest, Alaska, New Zealand, wartime London, and modern day Los Angeles. Great Circle tells the unforgettable story of a daredevil female aviator determined to chart her own course in life at any cost. So after being rescued as infants from a sinking ocean liner, in 1914, Marion and Jamie Graves are raised by their dissolute uncle in Missoula, Montana. Thereafter, encountering a pair of barnstorming pilots passing through town in beat-up biplanes, Marion commences her lifelong love affair with flight. At 14, she drops out of school and finds an unexpected and dangerous patron, patron, <laughs> I don't know how to say that word, in a wealthy bootlegger who provides a plane and subsidizes her lessons, an arrangement that will haunt her for the rest of her life, even as it allows her to fulfill her destiny, circumnavigating the globe by flying over the North and South Poles. 
Then a century later, Hadley Baxter is cast to play Marion in a film that centers on Marion's disappearance in Antarctica. Vibrant, canny, disgusted with the claustrophobia of Hollywood, Hadley is eager to redefine herself after a romantic film franchise has imprisoned her in the grip of cult celebrity. So it goes on. Um, this is 600 pages long. I did not realize that. <laughs> Crap, I might start with this one and just get the longest one out of the way. Um, sounds quite interesting from what it says. It's got a Goodreads rating of 4.16, so not bad. And it's got 12, almost 13,000 ratings. So it's actually been rated more times than no one is talking about this, which is, again, as I said, like a very kind of popular one on, on bookstagram at least. And no, that doesn't reflect, you know, <laughs> the general world, but it reflects my general world. Um, and I'm not, I'm not seeing anybody read this one. Uh, maybe it's too, maybe it's a bit for a bit of an older crowd. There's a bit of a younger crowd on bookstagram. Um, yeah, it sounds good. It sounds um, decade spanning, which I like, um, as I've said, I, you know, it seems to go through multiple time spans I suppose I wonder if we can follow it quite closely um, I find it quite difficult when it changes a lot at the start for some reason when I was reading this I just thought of Malibu Rising as well with the kind of Hollywood side of it so I do I do like the insights into into Hollywood um, you know it's Hollywood today so it'll be interesting to see how that is done um, and I like that it's female focused, you know, um, there are quite a few books on this. Let me just check. We've got two written by women. This one is no one is talking about this. And I do tend to prefer books that are written by women about women as a woman myself, believe it or not. Um, so I think I'll like the women perspectives here. Um, yeah, we will see. We will see about this one. I think I'm going to give this one a three or a four. I don't see any five star contenders for me, but that is because I'm reluctant to give five stars to a book prize book <laughs> because historically I don't like them, as I said. Um, so you might be wondering why on earth I'm even doing this. I think like I did kind of say at the start, but I think this will be a challenge for me to read these six books in nine weeks. I'm also just, uh, as soon as I said I was going to do it, I realised after that I'm just an idiot because I have so many things to read or that I want to read. And these six are now just taking priority, which is hilarious. I also um, culled my TBR on Goodreads from 795 books to under 500 and I said, I never, like, I can't go above 500 ever again. It's blasphemous. But I'm now sitting at 509 or 510. Um, 512, nice. Because of these six books, I literally just added them before um, recording this. So that's good. This will get six off my list. I need to finish 2021 on under 500 in order to be an acceptable human being to myself so better read this quickly a lot of them are short um so it's just the the 600 pager that'll be a bit of a bitch so yeah i might read them backwards then and finish with the 
and start with the longest one but we will see i'm looking forward to this challenge i'm hoping to do a podcast episode on every single one i'm scared that i'm not going to have enough to talk about each one with but hopefully I do I'm going to try and like take notes and really fully analyze them and then I'm going to give my uh, opinion at the end of which one I think should uh, should win based based solely on my opinion which really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things or to anyone besides myself but this is just something for me so challenge accepted um anyway i hope you've enjoyed my kind of first impressions of the books that are on the book shortlist i'm really excited to read them all and discuss them all and chat to them chat about them um, if you want to connect with me on instagram i am at so that sign bookish jen j-e-n with an x on the end um and it's also in the in the description of this so if you want to chat about them let me know but yes I hope you have a great day if you've listened to this at all and I will see you in the next one bye